This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Halls. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we're doing a Shudder special, uh, mainly because uh, Rich and I are subscribers at the moment um, and decided to make the most of it. Also, um, coming out on Blu-ray, our first film tonight is Superhost, which um, is currently on Shudder as well. Then we're going to follow that up with Psycho Gorman and The Seed. Our short shot this week is Blink. It's a horror film, not exactly on Shudder, but you know, keeping with the theme. And we're going to round up with our DTV throwback, Frankenhooker. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Superhost. Travel vloggers Teddy and Claire run a video channel where they rate private accommodations and their hosts. However, with their follower count dwindling, they decide to go a bit further with their most recent Superhost, Rebecca. Uh, Steve, over to you. Um, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting plot. Um, builds attention quite well, but <clears throat> it's just a little bit, a little bit slow for my liking. I thought it took far too long to get where it needed to be, and it's basically just a three-header, really, with. Um, Barbara Crampton showing up for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> performances were okay. Um, I like the makeup effects, you know, when it when they were used. Um, but it's just, I don't know, she, the, the the main character, you know, the Rebecca, just the performance was just a little bit too much in a way. You know, she's starts off at 10 and goes higher, if you know what I mean. There's no slow build of her or anything like that. It's just over the top right from the start, really. Uh, but it was it was okay. It was generally a decent watch. Yeah. I, yeah. I mostly agree with you on that one. I, th- I think this is probably one of the most linear horror films we've seen. You know, the, the, mm. it's not so much sort of twists and turns. There's a little bit of a red herring sort of thrown in the middle um but yeah this is it's about as straightforward from a to b as you can get i think um rich what are your initial thoughts on this one it wasn't the film i thought it was going to be i had a real feeling like it was going to be uh, because of the word host but uh, i guess is i thought it was like something viral hmm. like a cabin fever or okay. and it's completely not that it's 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 uh it, uh, as you were saying, it, you know, it's a very small cast. Type. The thing that came to mind when I was watching it was in, Incarnation. Because I was thinking that film has basically had exactly the same kind of setup. Hmm. Although it develops yeah. in a completely different way. But you've got two people going into a new house. There's a landlord who's a bit, you know, um, uh, eccentric, let's say. Hmm. In that case, it was Michael Madsen. Uh, and and stuff happens, whatever. And I was just thinking that film didn't really work. You know, there was stuff that was wrong with it. And I think this film gets everything right with the same kind of 
setup. I, uh, I thought the I, I really liked the the whole package. Really, the you know the way it was filmed, the setup, the the whole when it starts out, you think it's going to be like a um, found footagey kind of thing, but mm. that's just the initial setup because yeah. the YouTubers. So it opens like a YouTube video, and and they really do nail the the whole because <laughs> I watch a lot because my son watches a lot of YouTube videos so I watch them with him and they just nail that kind of over enthusiastic you know obnoxious at times quite often actually <laughs> sort of hosting style that they have uh, and uh, so I thought those bit those bits work really well and then they when they cut away to the to the filmed part you know to the to the movie parts mm. it feels like a proper mm. movie so yeah, yeah this was something that like um halloween resurrection for example couldn't get that right either you know the sort of moving between those different things nothing quite felt right um in in these this this film it's like it, it works well moving between the two things both feel quite authentic one feels like a movie one feels like real actual youtube videos which is good uh and i like the i i like the way it developed and yeah, I, I, I th and I really liked the um, the cast of unknowns, really, except for mm. like you say Barbara Crampton, mm. who's mm. like the first lady of Shudder, basically, isn't she? She's like yeah, turning yeah. up, she turns up all over the place. Yeah, and she was really good in this, you know, uh, as you said, limited role. Um, I, I did like the sort of the duality of the of the pair, uh, you know, sort of their on screen persona compared to their. How, how they are in real life, as it were. You know, as, as soon as soon as the the yell cut, you know, you can see them sort of deflate a little bit. Like, oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, you can you can kind of imagine that that is actually what yeah. the the YouTubers that we watch, or I, you know, that I've, mm. I've seen that they probably do do that. The, you know, they're all like trying to hype themselves up and put on a show, yeah. and then it's just like boom. And you feel well, the it's same. like it's like it's like us guys, isn't it? You know, we spent yeah. ten minutes just. Uh, Sort of chanting and everything before we start to, to get us in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> Go deep. No. TV, you know, movies about TV shows do the same thing. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. you got the TV, yeah. person, hey, and then they go backstage and they're yeah. like, oh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. stop bitching about people and stuff. Gary um, Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is this. You know, it does manage a couple of decent sort of um, jump scares. There's one quite early on when they, when they get to the house and. Uh, Waiting for the their host to turn up, um, you get a nice sort of whip pan. I thought I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, mm. the, the, when Barbara Crampton first turns up, well, that that was that was, that was really effective. Yeah, that, it was. That, yeah, that was done well. Very very good. Um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed this. Um, I think there could have been a bit more sinister goings on to build build it up in the meantime, but. You know, yeah. uh, at the same time, when you get you, you when you get to the end, you realise the clues were there all the time. You know, the thing with the cats, uh, you know, the cat toys, the cat room, as it were, mm. you know, all that sort of stuff. And um, so, so, yeah, um, I, I, th I thought it worked really well. I must admit, it's it's quite brief. I think it's seventy yeah, minutes. It's about, yeah, it's about eighty-five eight. minutes, including yeah. credits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yes, but. I, th I thought it worked really well. It's um, yeah, not not much more to say about it, but it's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, it scores on the doors, guys. So Steve, uh, I'll give it a six. Mm -hmm. And Rich, uh, I'm going to give it an eight. But um, one more comment I wanted to make was that uh, Grace Phipps as Rebecca reminded me 
as as like a cross between Brittany Murphy in Drive and Kathy Bates in, uh, in mm. Mm. She, she really had that whole. I mean, especially Brittany Murphy. I was just like, if you remember her that performance, you know, she was just wild and you know, really sort of quite eccentric. And I thought, you know, are you talking about the Mark Dacascos one? Yes. I thought so. Just for a minute, though, thinking, oh, I haven't seen the Nicholas uh, <laughs> the, other, the other one. And so, no, do you remember the performance? But then, then I remember who exactly who you meant. Like, oh, yes, yeah, the manic. manic yeah. Um, she's like really manic, and she's looking after the hotel. And yeah, stuff. the manic pixie dream girl kind of. Kind yeah. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, okay. I, I I'm going to join you on an eight for this one. Um, there's there's not much fat on this at all. It, it it's very brief. The characters are good, and it builds up to something pretty nasty so yeah uh good so that's one six and two eight for superhost go check it out due on blu-ray very soon our next review is psycho gorman two young kids mimi and luke unearth a gem which controls an evil monster looking to destroy the universe and they use it to make them do their bidding. Um, this is all over the place, Rich, this one. Uh, I, I know you like this, and I know a lot of people like this. And I kind of like it. Um, but there were to- times through watching this I just zoned out. Um, it's got a great start. You know, it's very Adam's family, the two kids, the very Wednesday and Pudsley kind of, kind of thing. You know, the way nothing seems to phase them. It's like, you know, they play this game of crazy ball or whatever it is, and the loser has to be buried alive. And he's like, all right, then I'll just go dig my hole. He's like, what? It's very strange. Um, then it sort of veers into, I can only describe it as sort of Power Rangers. You know, it goes into Power Rangers territory before it goes into Gaiva territory. And then a bit of sort of, um, there's a particular sort of Japanese subgenre of horror which uses the, you know, all these sort of prosthetics and things to this sort of degree, Um, like like Tokyo Gore Police, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's that. And and then towards the end, it sort of goes into Rick and Morty territory. It is, it veers and sort of careens all over the place, this one. And I can't believe, really, that this is the same guy who did The Void. You know, it, it seems very different sort of, uh, um, in tone and everything to, to that film. So yeah, I do. I do want to see the void. Hmm. I haven't seen it yet. So, um, your thoughts on this, Rich? Uh, yeah, um, I think it's not. Quite, um, I was looking forward to seeing it, and it wasn't quite everything I wanted it to be. Uh, I've seen it twice now, and I, I still think it it doesn't quite gel in certain places. Mm. But I, I appreciate it for what it is, and uh, I, I, I didn't pick up on sort of the same sort of references as you in terms of like thinking that it was a Power Rangers thing or anything. I was thinking like nineteen uh, eighties Masters of the Universe ish kind of stuff, <laughs> especially because they've got all the you know you've got like Rich, the- Rich. <laughs> clearly you haven't watched stuff Power Rangers. I haven't. I barely ever watched Power Rangers, oh, to be honest. God. I did watch. Wasted, I, wasted youth. I watched a couple of the movie, like Turbo, a Power Rangers adventure, <laughs> the, the, the DTV movie. I did buy that. Mm. But, to be honest, 
to me, it kind of sounds a bit like Monster Squad. There's definitely you know, an they, element of that, yeah. You know, yeah. Where, where they find Frankenstein's monster and stuff like that. Mm. There's, there's a touch of that to you know, it. But, yeah, but, but these, you know... But this is like Terminator 2, you know, Edward Furlong's John Connor con- controlling the Terminator and getting mm. him to do... Yeah, except, he... except Mimi is a complete sociopath, <laughs> basically, you know, <laughs> which is quite amusing. Um, yeah. Uh, I must admit, you know, bits of this I did really like. Uh, uh, I, I did notice the Giver kick. All oh, right, yeah, I yeah, it's in there. Yeah, the guy, the Giver Scott Atkins kick. So, um, well, the guy who did the action is um, Alex Chung, is a, a martial arts guy. He's done, hmm. um, did a, well, done various things, and, and but but he did. He started out with like a short called, I think it was called Contracts, uh, and uh, he, he made that into a feature. As well, which I still oh. haven't watched yet, but he's 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 done a lot. He's a you know big stunt guy, big um, mm-hmm. choreography sort of guy. Who a, a lot of I haven't seen much of his work, but the um, but yeah, he that it would explain why that's in there. But I did I I've seen it twice. I didn't spot it. So that's, mm-hmm. but that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you know some of the some of the dialogue I think is great, especially when when he's spouting all this stuff about what he's going to do, and she and the girl just sort of shuts him down <laughs> with a with a pithy comment i thought that was brilliant mm-hmm. um yeah I, I, I must admit there's there's a lot to like here but i think it's i don't know it just goes all over the place um the stuff with the dad at the end that was, that was pure rick and morty that is, is you know um the dead meat dad kind of thing i thought i thought they nailed that really well again brilliant. i've never seen it so um, never i seen- can't Oh. I can't comment, but I did like all the dad stuff. Mm. I mean, there was one point it goes quite serious, and she's like going to kick him out, and yeah, you know, the wife's going to kick him out, and, and it seemed like it was getting quite serious there for a minute. But then it goes back to the playing it for sort of exaggerated mm. stuff. But I, I did, I liked his cat. He was also very similar to the dad in um, in the Halloween reboot. All right, you remember if you remember him in that, he was a bit useless as well. Mm. And, and, and making and just making jokes and stuff and not being uh, but um, yeah the I thought the little girl her, you know uh, you know she's the lead she was really you know really good really sold it um, very engaging N- not a nice <laughs> not a nice character obviously but you know not not some you don't she's not bad enough that you really don't like her but yeah. you know but she's not nice to most people. Anyway. She gets you're, just, you're just sort of fascinated to see what she's going to do next, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And I must admit, there's areas they could have gone with this, which they didn't, you know. Um, but for, I suppose for the most part, she is sort of a well-adjusted kid at school, sort of thing. So it's not as if she's got a chip, a chip on her sh- shoulder, and she's going to drag him along to sort of Columbine the school or anything like that, you know. No. Sort of other things in mind. I but, liked uh, how PG um, could never remember her brother's name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Luke. You should know this by now. <laughs> oh, uh, I, 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 I love the Hunky Boys stuff with um, with PG. I don't, mm. I don't like Hunky Boys, or do I? <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, "Don't touch my Hunky Boys." <laughs> um, it, some of the, I mean, they clearly had a, a fairly low budget because yeah. you know lots of costumes lots of prosthetics and things but the mouths and stuff don't move you know it's it, it, yeah. very this, this is the this is the power rangers bit basically yeah so yeah 
And what was the other it, it, it's, it's all done with gestures, you know, so over, overblown gestures to sort of show what, what it is while they're sort of dubbed over the top. Yeah, it was a Turbo Kid was another thing that came to mind. With, in I, terms was, of I had the check. I'm thinking, was this the same guy who did Turbo Kid? But no, it's, it's someone completely different. Yeah. No, the um, and also he did um, didn't he? Did he direct the Leprechaun movie or was he just in he did Leprechaun one. Returns? Yeah, he directed yeah. Leprechaun Returns. We liked that one, didn't we? We we covered that on the show. Yeah, he's quite years ago because it's the only it's the only Leprechaun one I've actually seen. I, I did actually like. He did a couple of others. I haven't seen Manborg, mm. which I, I don't think is available over here. Yeah. Quite curious to see that one again, sort of leaning into sort of spoof, sort of humor, I think. And Father's Day, which I think was one that Troma released, mm. yeah. So, so did, yeah. his career is kind of uh, um, not his career, but you know, that the, his mm. filmography, the kind of films he works on, is a bit unpredictable. And I quite like that. The, the Void mm. it seems to, I haven't seen it, but it seems like much more serious horror end, yeah, stuff. Um, but still, lots of lots of sort of creature effects and sort of mm -hmm. aesthetics and things. Yeah, I like the say. I like the cast. I liked psycho, you know, psycho Gorman's out, you know, look. Mm -hmm. You know, his 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 um his suit, uh, the voice, uh, two different things because the voice was done by a different actor. But that 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 really works, I think. Mm -hmm. um, the 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 put upon friend who gets kind of turned into a giant brain. Giant brain. <laughs> yeah. Was, <laughs> so that, it, that was a sad bit. I thought, well, they didn't even turn them back. No, just leave yeah. them. <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah, that, that's the kind of. It's got this really irreverent humour running all the way through it. I mean, it's very much a parody. Uh, it's not like heavy parody, but it's a parody. You know, it's it's. Oh, yeah. um, mm. it's uh, and uh, I th I think there's enough to there's enough in it to make it a cult. You know, favourite. You know, I think it'll be one of those movies that people come back to you know year yeah. years i think it'll build you know build an audience and a profile i mean i know it's already got a profile but i think it's it, you know people other people will find it yeah know, what the hell is this exactly <laughs> yeah there's a lot to like in it I was, I was starting to wonder whether or not it was all going to be it was going to turn out all to be in their imagination or something because the way the um the opening was filmed when they're playing crazy ball yeah. You get like it's sort of you know the, the sort of uh, the heightened reality is you know uh, the slow mo effects and all that sort of stuff, but then the camera sort of pulls back and you just see them playing in the mud. And you're thinking, yeah, and they cut, cut out all the music and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're, just for a second, like, I think. Yeah, it's, it's just, like, just an elaborate game that they, you know, <laughs> but or, or was it actually real? But um, yeah, I'm kind of glad they they went sort of the real route rather than anything else. That'd have been a bit of a downer. But, Did yeah. you notice at the end credits they had one of the? Uh, 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 you don't see it a lot anymore, but it was like they did it with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where they have a rap song which tells you the story of the movie. <laughs> no, I think it was. Okay. I thought that was a nice touch. I, I did like the ending. I must admit, um, it's sort of the way it sort of finishes. The ending uh, or the epilogue? Um, the the ending where when well, where, where they're sitting down to dinner and, and the news is on in the background. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, kind of more of the the epilogue. I, I consider because yeah. mm -hmm. the credits yeah. start rolling over that. It's scene. um, yeah. It's it's sort of Chris again. You know, it's, it's another sort of Rick and Morty style kind of thing, but also very much sort of classic sort of Simpsons Treehouse of Horror kind of, kind of scenario, mm -hmm. which I thought was very good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Scores on the doors, mate. 
Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I am giving it a six. So a six and a seven for Psycho Goreman. It's currently on Shudder. Go check it out if you're a subscriber. I think it's on Blu-ray as well. I'm not 100% yep. sure. I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure there's a physical media version as well. Yeah. But it's on Shudder. So there you go. Our next film is The Seed. Three young women plan a weekend of booze, drugs, and a photo shoot at a remote desert summer house. However, after a spectacular meteor shower, the girls find a weird injured creature in their swimming pool. Uh, this is uh, a new release on Shadow Rich. Um, this is a film I sort of, I started out really liking, and then my sort of attention sort of dipped in the middle and then I came back again for the end. Um, I, was, I was back on board for like the last sort of 20 minutes or so. Um, it's, it's great to look at. You know, it's, it's good cinematography, uh, great location. That summer house is amazing. Um, you know, there, there's a bit of bitchiness between the three girls uh, as things sort of spiral out of control and they, and they get on each other's nerves. I think that's when I started that zone out of it. Um, some nice little bits of humour in there as well. Um, some very, very gooey effects um, as, as things develop. What are your thoughts on this? It's funny that we're coming at this after talking about... Um, Psycho Gorman. Super, yeah. Superhost and Psycho oh, Gorman. Because yeah, yeah. this has kind of got elements of both. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's that yeah. isolated location, <clears throat> cast um, thing, and then you've got the humour and also the the kind of... You know the visual, the the prosthetic sort of creature effects kind of stuff, but also the fact that they don't really move very much. You know they're mm. a bit not as animated as as you might hope they were. I mean, it's quite good that the the creature in this is not CG. Yes, but at the same time, it just does kind of lay there, and you know it's it's a bit opens its mouth a lot. Opens it, little hand puppet. You know, actually, do you know what it reminded me of? Have you, have you seen Warlords of Atlantis? No, not Warlords of Atlantis. Um, at the Earth's core. Uh, if I did, it was a very, very long time ago. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, the Doug McClure and Doug McClure, uh, yeah. uh, Peter Cushing one. That's what they reminded me of. There's these sort of creatures that are like the overlords of this uh, realm, and mm. and it's basically just their eyes changing color. You know, that's basically it. What they do, oh. <laughs> but, uh, and they fly around a lot. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what I was reminding you of watching this. Oh, it's like, it's like those creatures from out the earth. Cool. But, and yeah. the other thing with um, the the Superhost connection is this has again got a a YouTuber or an inf- you know a, a, blog, mm. a blogger or an influencer or whatever you want to term who's making videos and stuff there, and she's trying to upload them and stuff, and in the middle of nowhere. And the it, I think I don't think this sort of develops that theme particularly well i mean it, that's kind of there mm. and again it, it's pretty well represented exaggerated everything's quite yeah. exaggerated this. it's just like oh no there's no internet oh. yeah <laughs> this is more it, it's more that feature is there more to highlight how connected they are to technology and how you know yeah, exactly how important the technology is for them uh, and you know their sense of identity and and whatever because it's a it's one of those movies that puts there's a group of friends where there's one who that you don't understand why they're friends it's kind of they've put them there because the movie needs somebody a bit different but they would never be friends in real life because because the other one is just like she doesn't have a phone she doesn't use the internet (laughs) or Mm. whatever and they're like 
what do they talk about? <laughs> yeah, and she's sort of like, you know, there's a bit where she's in the pool and the other two sort of like off, sort of chatting by themselves, sort of thing. And you can sort of see there's this sort of divide between them. You know, it's not it's not a physical divide, but it's a metaphor. No, yeah. I think the it's, dynamics work. Um, mm. The performances are quite exaggerated. As I said, the whole thing um, is a play on, you know, fairly familiar kind of conventions of, you know, something from outer space uh, happening. The, the whole sort of uh, uh, body horrorish, gooey, sticky mm. kind of stuff. I, I was kind of expecting it to be a bit again uh, I don't want to sound detrimental I was expecting something a bit more authentic or impressive looking but it was quite um uh static and you know the, the it was like a sheet wasn't it basically it's like a yeah. big rubber sheet being pulled over them. yeah and it was mm. the so the visual effects weren't as impressive as you know not visual you know mm. special effects the special effects were not as impressive <laughs> or as creepy or as unsettling as I, I thought they might be. Mm. Um, the film has a, has a good, like you say, the, the cinematography of it, it looks really good. It's very colorful, you know, emphasizing the sort of uh, the, the desert and the sunshine and the, the colorful personalities and their outfits and sunglasses and all that sort of stuff. But I think overall it did just didn't quite work for me. I think, I, I, I think it's all right. It passes the time, but mm. I, I wasn't, I wasn't as impressed as I, I, I hoped I would be. Yeah, as I said, I mean, I thought the opening bit was was great, you know, establishing the characters on that. Then, then it's sort of like it really sort of dipped in the middle. Uh, although when the the um, uh, the gardener turned up, that kid, I thought, I thought he was really funny. Um, well, then it got sort of goes into that's sort of the real psycho Gormanish kind of yeah, exactly. but it goes really into sort of humor in that bit, the weird, fast sort of stuff, weird stuff, on. yeah. Um, but then it's yeah, but and I thought it rallied pretty well for its ending as well, you know, which, which like ramped up the body horror for a start. Um, and he had this great, um, there's a bit at the beginning where where they sort of find I don't know, Tinder or something. Um, and there's his sort of mustachioed, sort of chunky guy. Mm-hmm. So he's one. He's basically the only editable bachelor in the in the whole neighbourhood. And, it, and we get a good callback to him at the end. I thought that was really good. Um, Chekhov's, yeah. Chekhov's Tinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But yeah, um, it's it's not perfect by any means, um, but is is a reasonable time waster. I think. Um, you, you, I don't think you regret watching it. The characters yeah. are a bit unappealing, which doesn't help. No, they're not, they're not very likable. No, even, the one, even the one or two, one, there's like three of them, and there's there's the two called protagonists. Yeah. It's like, uh, actually, no, they're, mm-hmm. they're not. They're not. And then, sort of out of nowhere, they start doing drugs, which just sort of really seemed really random, and mm-hmm. uh, also kind of sort of pushes you away because you even think that one of the characters who's it's not like each other. She's like, dude, it was, and, and and it's done so casually, and it, <coughs> it's it doesn't impact anything. It's sort of, you just kind of throw it in there, and you think, oh, I think it's just like, well, like, well, yeah, the models, of course, they're going to do drugs. Yeah, I suppose yeah, it's, it's kind of the <laughs> yeah, attitude, I guess. Yeah. It's it's okay, I think. So, what are you going to score it, Rich? Uh, just a six on this one, I think. 
yeah, I'll join you on the six for this. Two sixes for the seed. Just join Netflix, uh, not for Netflix. Just join Shudder. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Blink. A young woman awakes from a coma in a hospital, only to discover whatever injured her in the first place is back to finish the job. Uh, this is a very, very high quality short. Um, the The list of people working on this is huge. In fact, the film is reportedly 10 minutes long, but at least two minutes of that is just the credits. Um, but this has a high gloss level. It looks brilliant. Um, Steve, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, it is. I really enjoyed this, actually. Um, it was nice to see uh, Sophie Turner in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know her. Uh, she's been in Yellow Jackets recently. And, uh, thingy, the Book of Boba Fett. Um, right. <clears throat> but she is basically silent just you know on the bed kind of like um what's the dinghy the one about the guy i've locked in syndrome i can't remember the name but now um mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, commu- that's the one that's the one yeah. uh you know communicating through blinking with the nurse in the room um all the while you've got this little this creature in in the shadows and stuff like that and yeah, I thought it was really effective, especially when the um, the bed moves towards the window. Mm. <clears throat> you know, when that's cause that that bit was actually quite that did ramp the tension up quite quite a lot, and um, you know, just nice little shots. You know, like when when the the nurse is killed, and it's basically all done. You can see it in the character's reflection in the character's eye. I thought that was done really, really well. That was really effective. And yeah, overall, it's just really decent, really high quality, and really enjoyable. I really enjoyed this one as a short, to be fair. It has, as I said, you know, this is um, a top quality film, a lot of money, obviously, <laughs> made available to, to the people making this. And, and with good reason, Rich, I believe. Yeah, it's a it is a studio film. It's a it's a Sony film um, because they the uh, Sony Screen Gems have launched a new label called uh, Screen uh, Screen Gems, which the the whole, this is their first film, and the whole idea of Screen Gems is proof of concepts. So they are, you know, investing in short films to test a concept to see if it's worth fleshing out to a feature and what mm. what they whether they're basing that on views and you know feedback that they're getting when they're marketing these films you know when they're putting them out there I'm not sure but I think it's very unusual it's not a, a, mm. an approach you generally see I suppose uh, it's I, like that film was it don't blink no not don't blink uh, lights out is what I'm thinking of um mm. You know, that, well, that, that was, started out as a short and then got made into a full feature, didn't it? Yeah, but I think in that case, it was a film that was made outside the system. I think it was like an oh, independently yeah. producing mm. that was picked up and to be, yeah. you know, developed. But it, it's that sort of um, model, I think, that they're looking at, isn't it? So, 
yeah I was, I was, i've just i've never come across this i mean i know studios have made short films many many times including say the jurassic park big mm, uh, bad yeah. bad day at black rock which was kind of a uh keep the audience interested while you know between movies kind of thing that they they did they did there with the sequels but they don't normally do proof of concepts uh, you know in in this sort of way or you know they're usually spin-offs yeah those, those sort of short films that they would do lost bandoleros for the um one of the uh fast and furious movies for example mm. um so yeah i thought this this is really interesting uh in, but in terms of quality yes there's there's you know very long credit sequence lots of people involved but it's still very similar in many respects and in terms of quality as well to stuff that's made on a lot much lower budget oh, yeah. Yeah. so although mm. although they do have a lot of stuff at their disposal here uh, i think that just highlights more how impressive it is some of the other stuff that we that we see that doesn't have that kind of backing yeah i'd, um, I'd say um threshold you know for a similar mm -hmm. sheen mm -hmm. to, to, to this yeah but i liked i didn't like the i didn't like the creature to be honest um i was i see i feel like I see a lot i feel like i see a lot of that mm. you know the whole sort of mm. mysterious creature kind of thing <clears throat> and it, it reminded me of uh, some dylan vibart uh, stuff yeah, I watched yeah. recently yeah. for example mm -hmm. um but i did and you know the it was shot really well the the the, the highlight is that centerpiece of the bed going up to the window that, mm. that is the best bit in the, yeah in the film um it, it's very well you know the whole thing's really well done uh if it does get turned into a feature i'll definitely watch it um and the uh i'm really keen to see you know how often we're going to get these yeah, these short films from Sony That'd be be yeah. really interesting to see, and it would be interesting to see who they actually get to make them as well. You know, is it going to be people who you know, people like Blake Ritter, for example, who who are you know with, with a long history of doing shorts, or are they going to sort of like look at their sort of stable of actual directors? So it's oh, that's a horrible phrase. Uh, their stable of sort of feature directors. Hmm. Um, well, the writer you know, director of this one is Spencer Cohen. He's he was one of the writers of Moonfall, right. and uh, you know he's done a few other things. For example, he's he's a screenwriter on The Expendables Four, mm -hmm. uh, so he's mm -hmm. primarily known as a screenwriter. But he he's, he he did do one other short over ten years ago, and I think an ep an ep a podcast episode or something. He, he he's not a director, yeah. but he's probably somebody okay, who's yeah. who's worked with Sony. And you know is trying to sort of take the next step to become a director. Good again, and good and, job, and they've and they've teamed up with you know, and, yeah. and I expect they'll probably take a similar approach. They'll look at they'll they'll be working with people who they'll probably yeah. they'll probably be people who they've not worked with. You know, they've seen something they've done and they think, okay, let's develop something, but we don't want to throw a whole, we don't want to throw X million dollars at you for for the fe for the feature. So let's test the waters with something first and because uh, usually you find you know if you get if if you get a, a good if a, if a director can tell a really good horror story in in 10 minutes or something then they're usually a pretty good bet for for trying to de develop something into into yeah. a feature i think i mean as we found mm. with um, the guy who, i can't remember the name of the director because I'm, I'm terrible about that um who did the film uh the maiden and then got hired by James Wan to do uh, 
Conjuring sequel and, and things like mm. that. So um, I think uh, I think this is well worth say. It says I think it says it's like ten minutes, but it is about six actually. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but, but uh, yeah, it's it's really really good. Yeah, absolutely. I love the um, you know the way it builds tension. To, you know mm. that sort of um, you know the the questions with the with the you know the yes no answers mm. and and how that sort of starts building the picture of what's going on. Yeah, I thought that was great. And then you know there's there's, there's something in the room sort of thing. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, was very solid. I kind of agree with you. At least it wasn't just like black smoke or something, which is you know the the other thing that tends to get overused um and I, I think the logic starts breaking down towards the end as to what is actually going on so that you know um is this creature trying to make it look like an accident if so then really <laughs> we shouldn't have done what he did um or is he just like hell-bent on on sort of killing this girl yeah there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of unanswered questions there's a lot that's just not not explained and that, that is a bit frustrating to an to, mm. to an extent but um it, it but that makes sense if you if you think of it if you, <clears> that you know it is a proof of concept so that they are just sort of you're seeing a you're seeing a scene from a story basically yeah. you're not seeing the the, the big, this isn't you couldn't even look at this as like a prologue really I think to mm. because there's too much that happens in it I think this is more like a mm. midway through the movie kind of part so Possibly, maybe yeah. about halfway through or you yeah. Know, yeah, you don't want it, you don't you don't want it to beat your climax because everyone's seen them. Mm. <laughs> mm, seen this bit. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, we don't score the um the short shots, but we do recommend them. We certainly recommend you check out this one. Uh, you will find a link in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Frankenhooker. After a freak lawnmower accident kills his fiancée, a medical student sets out to recreate his betrothed by building her a new body made of Manhattan street prostitutes and her severed head. Um, yeah, I, I saw this not too long ago, a couple of years ago when it, when it was uh, re-released uh, as a Blu-ray. Um, and I must admit, I, I did enjoy it. It's, it's a crazy film. It really is a crazy film. Um, but has some nice sort of production values to it along the way, um, yeah. and just some just so many weird moments. Um, you know, anytime anyone mentions this film, the, the first thing that comes into your head is "Want a date? <laughs> Got any money? Want a date?" Which, which I think is um, hilarious. Everyone knows what you're talking about when you say that. Um, the yeah, I talk about the production values. You know, you know the bit where you sat. Um, with it, with that huge drawing of like the, the human body, mm. and he and he's sort of doing the um, sort of electrical map over the top of it. Mm-hmm. That was so detailed. It was it was really really interesting. Just, just watching him sort of filling it in, you know, doing all these sort of weird connections and things. But it, it was it was just a really decent piece of production design. You know, actually sort of going going to the length of actually filling this in and and, and making it look pretty authentic. I, I really really like that. Um, I'm sure you've seen this before, Rich. What do you think of this uh, this, this time round? Well, this was like one of the films I saw in my formative years. I think I must have seen it way sooner than I should have because it came out in 1990, and I've got a feeling I must I saw it around that time. But I would have only been I would have only been 12. <laughs> but uh, mm. so 
some of it might have gone away of my head or whatever but um no i had i had the 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 poster was really iconic and i i, I luckily i i had a cop i can't believe i had it i think i'm well I'm, unless i'm misremembering but i can't really I'm, i remember having it in my room <laughs> i can't remember if i was a kid with this poster how old, on my bed. how old would you have been in 1990 in 1990 i would have been 12 jesus yeah so um if if i did see it then i mean even even if i didn't even if it was two years later that's still pretty young <laughs> and you know i'm very i'm much more reserved i wouldn't put it up now <laughs> so i'm too reserved i had one for i'm sure i had frankenhooker and flesh gordon too both oh. great really great posters and um but yeah really not 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 um not not the sort of thing i would put up <laughs> on my wall but um but the yeah i mean it was really memorable it had a lot of memorable stuff in it uh, and you know seeing it again many years later now you know it's it was it 32 years since it came out the the you know the stuff like oh oh yeah i remember the uh, the the lawnmower was just about to start or or you know mm -hmm. oh the drill you know he's gonna put yeah. he's gonna put yeah. the drill in his head and stuff it was, was like you know it comes flooding back uh and mm -hmm. i think i noticed much more of the humor and stuff now you know it's very it's a very funny film it's very mm. can, can, cleverly written film i didn't i never thought about it at the time but it's actually quite unusual that the the, the majority of, i say the majority but a good heart a good proportion of the film is a guy just talking to himself basically mm. he's, yeah. he's the, the whole performance is uh him so pondering and talking to himself or you know talking to uh, heads or, or whatever it is and it opens with this really weird shot of uh an eye you know like this eye like mm. a brain with an eye yeah and and he's tinkering at the dinner at the table yeah and the, that's and what it is it turns out to be at the dinner table because you expect yeah. him to be in his basement or something and it's like honey can you pass the ketchup yeah can you pass the <laughs> and it's just like nobody's phased yeah. by it at all it's like he's got the, he's got all this technology and a brain with yeah. a, a twitching eye and like no so that's the tone of the movie established right there and the, the title actually doesn't come up for quite a while because the prologue's mm. actually quite long yeah so you launch straight into this thing and I really thought that um, uh, the, the the lead actor um, James Lawrence, yeah. he really reminded. I mean, I, I know he had sort of a look of a type of mm. a type of actor that was often cast in horror movies and, and movies in general around this time. But he really reminds me of one or two. I think there's like a guy who was in like a, one of the Friday the Thirteenth or something. Had a very similar look to him. Yeah, uh, I thought he was really good. But the um, uh, uh, what's Elizabeth Patty Mullen mm. as Elizabeth? I thought she did really well because she has to play different all these these different facets, and yeah. and I thought she pulled it all off when she does the when she comes to life the whole Bride of Frankenstein scene, mm. and and she's sort of heading out there and she's contorting her face and everything. I thought she did fantastically. And then I she has to bring she... it back in. And... Yeah, the, the whole, you know, the way she walks, the way she moves and mm. everything is just pretty, yeah, yeah, you can imagine this is somebody who's been, you know, stitched together from loads of different bits and bobs. Uh, yeah, and all very... these memories, that, you know, so she, she's quoting mm. stuff from the from the people that she's become, she's been constituted from. Mm. Uh, and she's just shouting these quotes out and, and stuff. Uh, you know, it's all complete, absolute nonsense, <laughs> you know, of course. But... Uh, it, it works and they sell it and uh, 
I do. I, I I think it is it is a good movie. I mean, it's it's a really crazy movie. Frank Henenlotter, uh, um, some people might know his Basket Case trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I came in on Basket Case. I don't think I've ever seen Basket Case one. I'll be honest, because that was quite a few years before. There was like a big gap. Um, Basket Case two came around out in the sort of late eighties, I think, and then Basket Case three was after this, and they th- that was crazy. Uh, that was a, I, and I really like would like to revisit that, but this was the one that uh, sort of really sort of uh, stenciled itself onto onto me when I was mm. sort of, and it was I, and not for the not for the naked ladies aspect of it <laughs> at all. That was actually quite you know when I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, there's actually a lot more nudity and stuff in it than I actually even realized, or even remember. You know, it's it's not that side of the stuff that I remember. It's the it's it's the um, it's the drilling the head and, and those sort of real sort of weird quirks of, about it that really stuck him. Oh, and the blowing up of the guinea pig and things like that. The um, the funniest scene in this is when it, when he's chasing after, when, when she's roaming the streets, yelling, want a date, want a date, got any money? All this sort of stuff. And as you say, sort of repeating these other lines from, from you know, the other mm-hmm. prostitutes who yeah. she's been stitched together from. But then, um, you know, he, he turns up he sort of jumps out of his car and just grabs random people going, you got to help me. you got to find you got to help me find my girlfriend. And it's like, what? There's no way on earth that anyone's going to know what you're talking about. It's just, it's just really funny. He's going, I'm looking for this girl. And it's like, yeah, just random strangers. And then he saw there's some Swedish guy and just starts talking to him. I just thought, sort of, you know, he's going, you're talking to me as Swedish in Times Square. Let's go away. He's the guy. So, you know, it's a 1990 film because he's wearing mm. a Batman T-shirt. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> the the very ending of this, um, I think, is a little bit problematic these days, um, because of the um, what the tr- sort of a trans kind the of trans thing. yeah the, 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 the trans element sort of comes in at the end and it's played for laughs and is is like oh my god this is the, a man's night worst nightmare kind of thing. You know, it's a man trapped in a woman's body, and it's like, okay, yeah, that hasn't aged well. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I, I, it, it's a film of its time. I think we can let it, let it go. But it, it, you know, when watching that, they went, oh, <laughs> a little yeah, bit. I see where you're coming from. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to know if people do, uh, yeah, take offence of that because I, I, it didn't, because I'm. You know that that wouldn't impact me, but the yeah, I, I do see what you're saying there. And there was a there was a scene earlier where there's a guy who's he's clearly supposed to be AK guy, and he's mm. like and he's like uh, wearing women's clothes and stuff. Which I that scene I thought did hadn't aged well, yeah, because there was this you know him camping him up and, and, and stuff. He was just he was just a guy in the you know that was all women in the it was oh, right. prostitutes yeah. all the women, but there was this one male prostitute. <laughs> this is a woman, um, right. uh, which again was very much you know something that they were doing at the time, and not yeah. you know we've seen other films do that, uh, you know in a in a oh, yeah. playing with that, but with a more LGBTQ kind of you know slant to it, yeah. slant to it, you know, sort of put things in better perspective. The um, what was the other thing I wanted to say? Uh, I liked Zorro. 
yeah, the, the, pimp. yeah. the pimp yeah because I, I i hadn't really noticed you know he wasn't a character who stuck with me in the first one but i, mm. I thought he was really i mean he's he's, he's an impressive looking guy who I, I haven't really i looked up his name or anything but mm. uh you know that this was the period where everyone you know tough guys could have moustaches yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> he's kind of a william smith kind of looking guy and yeah he's got he's got some really good scenes um uh and he's he's one of the he's kind of the antagonist of the story mm. really because the, everything's about the the ant you know we got um uh franken you know mm. uh, um, who's uh, that's his last name it's, uh, so it's the franken hooker that's the, that's the mm -hmm. yeah and i think elizabeth's mother was mrs shelley i think if i recall correctly mm. so the, the uh, what i love is it's very true to uh, Mary Sh to Frankenstein and to the film versions yeah. of Frank, you know, there's little nods oh, to, yeah, yeah. to both the, the book and you know, the mm -hmm. the um, say Bride of Frankenstein and mm -hmm. uh, Boris Carlock, you know, the the, the platform shoes mm. uh, that she wears and and little things like that that they've they've thrown in. He's there's clearly a lot of affection for for um, the Frankenstein yeah. story, you know, stories of the Frankenstein monster. Uh, but with this very unique, you know, par you know, again, it's mm. it's it's like Psycho Gorman. It's it's kind of parody, but it isn't. It's it's not going that Naked Gun kind of parody. It's it's just ex everything's really exaggerated. You know, she's uh, when she's roaming the streets and she picks up that um, that guy. You know, mm. the, the little the little guy with the glasses who's just overexcited yeah. about. It. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, it's, like a, yeah. it's a really silly. All these silly scenes and, and stuff. I think I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, if if people haven't seen it and they're open to a, uh, you know, that sort of, I wouldn't say trauma because it's not it's not really in that same sort of le league. Well, but it's it, pre-trauma, isn't it? Really, it's it's, it's interesting not pre because trauma has been around since the seventies. Really, oh, combat shock, yeah, but um. I, I kind of avoided Helen Lotter for, for a long time. Ever since seeing the, the trailer for Basket Case, I thought, no, it's just not for me. I, I did see Brain Damage when it came out on, on, on video, but the, but the Basket Case ones I haven't seen at all. Um, so, After so, yeah. Basket Case, he made this, then Basket Case 3, and then didn't make another film for like 16 quite years. Yeah, quite and then lot. he's done some documentaries and stuff, but not, not a lot. I don't know why... Uh, there, there's probably some reason or whatever brain damage i think was one of the higher profile ones but again mm. I, that was 1988 i don't think i ever saw that one yeah i've only, I've only seen one, I think. yeah well there's there's one called there's a film called chasing banksy yeah but uh, i think that might have been a okay. documentary or something Looks i don't so. know but yeah so i don't know what he you know he was he was you know around in the 80s and early 90s and then basically disappeared um, I'm not sure. I'd be interested to, because I, I know he's done some interviews on documentaries and stuff. I think mm. uh, Sean Malloy was saying about um, he was interviewed on the Rewind This documentary yeah. and mm. stuff. So I'd, I'd be interested to find out a bit more about him and maybe why he why he stopped drawing. Because he, you know, he's a talented guy. He clearly had a fantastic imagination. You know, yeah. and you got, would get all involved. You know, involve all these great prosthetics people and stuff to sort of bring his uh, bizarre you know visions to 
to life and so it, it, it's really i think he's a quite a unique director i don't think there's i think frankenhooker is very much a film that he made yeah i don't think anybody else could have potentially made the film in the same way i just think he's got that just got that very particular style to his to his work you know if you've seen basket case too you'd probably you know or but the basket case movies you'll you know where i'm coming from because uh, they just sort of stand alone they stand out i mean i was watching other stuff at the time like um, maniac cop 2 which is a completely mm. different you know a different kettle of fish but um yeah so this really stood up and i'm, I'm glad i had a chance to revisit it yeah, I, I must admit. I mean, the central character, you know, um, I, I think she she works really, really well in this. So there you go. Oh, I tell you another bit I liked at the beginning, where you know the mother comes to see her son, and he like opens up and says, you know, I'm I'm just not, I'm 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 losing the 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 you know differentiation between good and bad and and mm. stuff. You know, I'm you know I'm becoming mad and psychotic basically. You know, I don't care about you know, who lives or dies and all this sort of stuff. And and she just says, would you like a sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking there's a lot of truth in that oh, scene. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, that's, yeah. you know, I've had conversations oh, like yeah. that. It, 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 <laughs> it's the open door policy, isn't it? If my door's always open, as soon as, soon as you start, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> people, because people, they just yeah. don't know how to no, deal right. with it. So therefore yeah, they just kind of change the subject. So I thought that was really... Uh, that was quite yeah. a well episode because it's like a a lot of say a lot of his scenes are monologues and he's just giving mm. monologues on so but in this case he's he's doing it to his mother and even yeah. you know and she doesn't receive it and then so of course he's going to end up just talking to himself <laughs> so we don't score the throwbacks but we do recommend them uh this is currently on shudder it's also available on arrow blu-ray i'm pretty sure that's where it came out on arrow um, on Shudder, it's in widescreen as well, which is great yeah, to see it, it in widescreen. Yeah, it is a nice, nice addition they, they got on there. Um, so that's that, and that's the end of this week's show. Uh, so thanks to Steve and Rich for joining me this evening. Thanks for having no me. Problems. Awesome. Uh, don't forget to check us out on <coughs> Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also check us out on um, the Short Shots, our sister show, where we look exclusively at short films. And that's got its own Twitter page as well, where Richard puts a new short up every evening around about eight o'clock. So thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.